Grid, Continent, 2040. This is Patterns of Development. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Kyle Gulau, and on this show, Patterns of Development, we take less than 10 minutes each week to deconstruct what's going on in real estate, architecture, and urban planning. And let's start off this week by talking about a concept, the grid. In the context of physical space, it's a network of lines that cross each other to form a series of shapes. These lines are pathways typically of transportation, specifically when we're talking about urban planning, and there tends to be five different types. Number one, there's the classic grid iron. This is perfect rectangles and blocks. Think right angles. Number two, there's an organic grid. Think converting old horse paths and trails into roads. They meander and rarely is there ever a right angle. Number three, loose grid, mostly rectangles, but they're not all perfect. Number four, a radial grid, very geometric and rare. This is a common form in Washington, D.C. and some other areas across the world. But this grid is mapped out across a circle. And number five, the suburban grid, which is that larger square with paths that cut in and dead end. Think a cul-de-sac. So we've got our five different grid types, and that's the concept. We've got a grid, and how do our pathways connect in our communities, and what are the common methods of implementation? Now, what if we take a look by continent and see what method is the most popular? Well, Dave Munson beat me to it. And he took a look at the most populated cities in every continent and mashed up the most popular grid method. And no, he did not do Antarctica. Okay. So the classic grid dominates American urban planning with 38 of the 50 largest cities following that right angle format. Now, no surprise that Europe has about 35 of its 50 cities following the organic grid. Again, that's the wavy loosey goosey horse path grid. Asia also follows that pattern, 22 of its 30 most populous cities following that same format. So we think older cities more likely to be developed before the car, more likely to have an organic grid. Up next, South America tends to have that loose grid structure, 43 of 50 cities following that type of grid pattern. This is a combination of the old and the new world, and Africa has the biggest spread with half of its most populous cities using a loose grid and the other half using some combination of other grids. There's a lot of whys to unpack here, but that is for another show. Let's change gears and let's check in on a very specific city, Minneapolis, Minnesota in the United States. They have been a frequent topic on this show. And it's a question of how is walkability, affordability, adoption of friendly zoning towards missing middle housing playing out for that community? How's it going? Are the patterns of development talked about here on the show making a real difference in Minneapolis? And according to data collected by HousingLink Minneapolis, median rents for one and two bedroom apartments are lower in actual dollars in 2022 than they were in late 2018. So that's accounting for inflation. Three bedroom rents were actually up 2% over four years. What we see here is data implying that Minneapolis is probably the only place in the United States where the cost of housing actually decreased. However, when Minneapolis approved its 2040 plan, the goal was to increase its supply of missing middle housing, specifically duplexes and triplexes. The goal to increase housing supply, make housing more affordable. So did that happen? According to the data from the Community Planning and Economic Development Department of Minneapolis, 9,000 housing units in the city were permitted during that four-year period from 2018 to 2022. 79 that's right, 79, we're in duplexes or triplexes. If we were to break that down, that means that for every 1,000 homes built, seven of those were missing middle housing. Okay, 
So rents are falling, permits are up, but it's clearly not because of multifamily housing. Any other ideas? James Wittenberg, who is a city planner with Minneapolis, credits the elimination of parking minimums as the biggest factor in seeing an increase in creation of residential dwellings, specifically single-family homes and mid-rise apartments. As a part of that 2040 plan, that same 2040 plan, parking minimums were eliminated entirely. And according to Wittenberg, 19 major development projects have been approved since parking minimums were eliminated that would have been very difficult to implement if there were requirements of even one single parking space. So what we see here is a pattern of development, and this leads us conveniently to our patterns of the week. Number one, there's five types of grids for city infrastructure, and the two most common are classic grids with rectangles and squares and organic grids, which were developed using trails and pathways before the advent of the automobile. And number two, though Minneapolis hoped for stealth density and affordability by increasing missing middle housing in their city, they're finding that the elimination of parking requirements is the real secret sauce when it comes to increasing housing supply. That's all for this week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Patterns of Development with me, Kyle Gulau. I hope you enjoyed considering real estate, urban planning, and architecture in this quick 10 minutes. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend or leave a rating and review. That helps signal to others that this is worth their time. A special thank you to Rafi Bushman. His song, Look Up, is the theme for this show. He's an incredible musician and everyone loves his music. You can check him out wherever you stream yours. That's all for this episode. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.